0: All right, Conley, the question for today's episode is what does it mean to take the Lord's name in vain?
2: Well, I think the right place to start with this is with the third commandment, because that's what uh, people are referring to when they talk about taking the Lord's name in vain. Okay. And the third commandment says, uh, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. And uh, it's interesting there that... Uh, in addition to the command itself, you also have this added reason, as some of the commands do. That the Lord doesn't hold anyone guiltless who takes his name in vain. This is not something that will be overlooked, even though people consider this such a small and uh, tiny sin. So, you know, he adds there that it's this is not small, it's not tiny, it will not be overlooked. Got it. Um, so, yeah, in part, it is about God's name itself. You know, I don't think there's any reason we need to avoid... Uh, saying God's name, even Yahweh or Jehovah, something like that, but that it should be honored. You know, obviously using it as an explicative, right, as some sort of curse word would not be using it seriously, but it applies in other ways too. Even we, when we use it in a sentence where it sounds meaningful, but we ourselves don't mean it. You know, a common one for me that I reflect on often is how many times do I sing to God or my mind is wandering uh, entirely elsewhere and I'm just I'm just singing the words because I'm used to singing the song. You know, am I not in that moment taking God's name in vain? And so this is a, this is a sin uh, we commit very often that we probably don't realize. It's probably just like uh, in Matthew 5 where Jesus says, you have heard it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, etc. Right. And then he goes and he reveals that adultery can be committed in the heart. Murder can be committed in the heart. These things can be committed in the heart. So this is not just about saying OMG. This is about a lot more than that.
1: Matthew, I was reading Matthew Henry, and he was uh, basically describing vapid, empty uh, prayers. And, you know, that was one of the things that I, you you can immediately think about when uh, people are praying in general, where they add all the unnecessary lords in there uh, that functionally have no purpose. So would you think that that would fall under this category of taking the Lord's name in vain? Um, you know, the
2: uh,
1: worship leader guy who says the word Lord a hundred times in his prayer. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh I do I do think it would be um yeah it is at that point we're using it as a filler word like um because right, we can't right. think of anything else to say and so we use God's name and uh, there was a there was a resource I was recently listening to that went through and maybe I'll be able to find it before the end of the episode that went through all sorts of different things that we should avoid in prayer you know it was some old puritan work and the very first one was uh, excessive use of God's name. And so I always thought of this as like a problem with modern speech. You know, th- this is just something that's developed along with right. people who say daddy God and stuff like that. But no, oh, apparently they oh. were dealing it with- That's it definitely taking God's you know, name in vain. <laughs> it is. <laughs> well see, it so is, what, yeah. what, what I was wondering
1: about is I, I was thinking about actually modeling one of those prayers in order to ask you that question, but then I didn't because I didn't know if that would violate it. So would, would be modeling the prayer for the purpose of asking you whether or not that would violate it. Would that be an example?
2: Uh, no, I don't. I don't think so because, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think there's, it's reasonable to uh, be careful. That would at least have some intention, right? Right, right. Yeah, so obviously there's, there are profane things that you wouldn't want to repeat. At the same time, uh, you need to be able to communicate in some way. So sure. uh, just record yeah, it, it really just play, depends the, on play the, the recording context. over and over again. I think, yeah, <laughs> I think your, I think your concern is, is reasonable at the same time. I can't, yeah, it's kind of hard for me to give a fixed judgment on that one.
1: So what what are some other areas? I mean, I, I've heard people talk about um, taking oaths in the name of the Lord that you do not intend to fulfill. Um, what else do you have? Like things like that.
2: Yeah. Well, that's a very serious one, right? Uh, for swearing. Or, uh, or perjury. Those both mean the same thing, by the way. For swearing and perjury are both violating your oaths and vows. And uh, you have plenty of examples of that in court where someone puts their hand in the Bible, swears to God, and then uh, proceeds to tell a lie. You have uh, all the cases of the TSA agents who swear an oath to uphold the Constitution that go immediately uh, transgress the uh, Fourth Amendment <laughs> that okay. guarantees uh, free travel. Um so there's a lot of people who, who take God's name lightly. Um, But yeah, there, there are uh, plenty of other examples too. You know, you could uh, speak blasphemously. You could uh, speak of God in an irreverent way in general. You know, there's a lot of uh, jokes that are common around church that I just don't think are very funny because uh, they're too blasphemous. And uh, you see different people uh, online make maybe four panel comics or something like that, that joke about God or something that God might say in response to someone That's another thing is, is, uh, emulating God, or I don't know if this would be more of a second commandment violation versus a third commandment violation, but basically, uh, coming up with some fictitious dialogue that includes the words of God. I find that, uh, very distasteful. Now you might, you might paraphrase, uh, The words of God, or or summarize how He's communicated to man, but that's but to would you put that under the category of taking His
1: name in vain, or just uh, adding to His words, taking away His words?
2: I would say that it is it is both, and really all these commandments are very connected. You know, James two ten even says that if you've broken one of the commandments, you've broken all of them. So a lot of times where we try to parse out these commandments too much, it's. it can be misguided because they're so interrelated
1: they can be violations uh, of many of them at the same time obviously
2: exactly exactly yep. and and i think if you understand the commandments well enough that any violation of any commandment is actually a violation of all of them they can be tied that way now it would be hard to do in some cases but but i do believe that uh that god's law is is tight enough and broad enough that it that it does cover all these things that as it relates to the heart and the heart dishonors God and dishonors man in the process and so on.
0: Do you think that um, part of the, you know, part of what encapsulates this command is uh, I've heard some people say that, you know, sort, sort of similar to the oaths thing, but essentially saying, you know, um, you know, Jesus Christ is Lord, you know, my Lord and Savior, and then apostatizing yourself later on would be a vi- like you're taking the Lord's name in vain. You're essentially proclaiming. Uh, that he is your Lord and then act, you know acting as if he is not your Lord later on At later on at some point so would that in your mind does that also fall into the taking the Lord's name in vain?
2: Uh, yes I believe so okay yeah. you've you've claimed something to be true about God that is not yeah and anyone who wants to study this further uh, the Westminster larger Catechism has uh, I think four different questions on what the third commandment is and what it means. And it includes among those things, uh, maintaining of heresies, basically maintaining something that is not true about God or his word uh, would violate the third commandment. In addition to that, it also lists curious or unprofitable questions. And by the way, the number of things it lists is more than we're going to touch in this episode. I mean, it's, it's literally, you know, 50 to hundred things that it lists. <laughs> um, but one of those things is uh, curious or unprofitable questions. So in other words, Uh, trying to peer into God's word beyond what he has said, uh, not letting the the secret things be the secret things of the Lord, not, uh, yeah, that is not honoring to him. uh, And it is, uh, it is taking his name in vain In that it is uh, not acknowledging what is properly his and what is properly, what is properly ours
1: part of this is related to just the the Ten Commandments intending to be just a summary of God's moral law in that way and so because they're a summary like they're the heading the the you know the heading of the document so to speak but then in a lot of
2: sense they are the summary too right yes yeah I believe that the Ten Commandments uh, the moral law is summarily comprehended in them the moral law being what God has written on our heart. And so, anything that is a sin fits somewhere in the Ten Commandments. Maybe more in one than in the other, but it fits into the the Ten Commandments.
1: So it's our job to figure out, you know, how, (laughs) in a certain sense. And there's more to just, you know, the honoring the Ten Commandments than what may appear on the surface in that way.
2: Yes, I believe the Ten Commandments summarily comprehend uh, God's moral law. And so, what that means is that. Uh, that moral law that's written on our heart, uh, it all fits into the Ten Commandments. So any sin fits somewhere into the Ten Commandments. And this is how Jesus interprets it as well. You know, he says that anger uh, is murder, uh, lust is adultery. And so really any sin, any sin uh, fits in. And as uh, David says in Psalm 119, that uh, God's law is exceedingly broad. Uh, it covers It covers much. It's not just 10 different possible ways that you could sin against God, there are manifold that fit in these 10 different categories. Yeah, so being ashamed of God's name is uh, taking it in vain because we're not acknowledging uh, it as it ought to be acknowledged as holy and something to be uh, engaged in with pride. You know, we are to boast in the Lord. Uh, Or being ashamed to his name, so uh, being a so-called brother, right? Uh, Bearing God's name while not honoring it, that would be taking his name in vain. Um, and uh, you know, as Harrison mentioned before, backsliding from his name, uh, all these all these things is, are taking the name of Lord
0: in vain. So, j- just you know, at the threat of extending this episode even longer, I'm curious what are what are some you know places in Scripture that point us to those conclusions? You know, so it's it's one thing to say like, hey, you know, this is this is taking his name in vain. This is taking his name in vain. This is taking his name in vain. Name in vain but then. How exactly do we use scripture to back that, you know, that idea, basically?
2: Right. Well, part of it is what I just observed about the way uh, Jesus and James 2.10 uh, speak of the law of God as being interconnected and all sins fitting sure. into these categories. So yeah. uh, really, it is just working with those with that understanding and then doing our best to to fit these things in Um So it's not necessarily, you know, this exact science that I'm trying to offer here or anything. You know, perhaps these are are other sins, but it's certainly worth thinking about that. Oh, wow. God's name really does need to be honored in all these ways. Right. But if you're you're also wondering, are these things sins? Because that's another question. One question is, is this sin taking the Lord's name in vain? Another question is, is this thing even a sin? Um, Everything that I mentioned so far has been from uh, the Westminster Larger Catechism has been mentioned in there. And they have proof text for every single one of these, so uh, uh, please go check that out. If there's anything that I've I've mentioned that's not been uh, that I haven't provided an example for.
1: Yeah, I mean, an example of how maybe one of the those things could be grounded would be just Jesus' admonition against uh, swearing by heaven and things like that. So that that could be a, a good example of, you know, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Anything else is from the evil one. But, you, you know, take those ideas of taking your oath seriously and, you know, what you're swearing by. You know, you have people who are swearing by heaven, like they're trivializing God, like who God is and right. who they're making reference to. So th- that could be yeah. just an example of a passage that seems to connect it a little tighter, too.
2: Right. Okay. Yeah, and they don't recognize that the earth is his footstool or that heaven is his throne, right? right. And so they're trying to avoid the name of God. And then the other, the other end of the spectrum, you use the name of God as a charm where you're, you know, throwing it around as though it has some kind of power in and of itself. Um, you know, that's what um, a lot of one is Pentecostals do with the name of Jesus. You know, they just throw out Jesus's name, like, like just saying Jesus over something. Over their car true. or
1: their car that's yeah. broken down that it's not starting, you know, yeah, I mean,
2: Jesus's name over the, you know,
0: the engine. <laughs> or like a, like a, I rebuke this sickness in the name of Jesus or something.
2: Sure. So there's like all kinds of false prayers that could be, you know, prayed that uh, are, are abusing the name of God and and throwing it around like that. But uh, some people see the Bible, talk about the name of God and its power and don't recognize that what it's talking about is something more than just the literal, you know, set of words or set of characters that make up a a name. Right. And so some people think that the, that set of characters itself has power. And that's the kind of superstition I'm talking about Mm -hmm. is. Uh, you know it's not the, it's not the set of characters and and the, those people tend to be hyper obsessive about getting the name right you know it's it's Jehovah it's Yahovah or it's Yahweh or it's Yahweh or or something and because at that point then the the way the name is even uttered is important for making this effective as though, you know, it's like a leviosa versus leviosa. Um, not that I'm a not that I'm a Harry Potter fan. I just have to know that there's one. Power,
1: there's, <laughs> there's power. in the name of Jesus to break every chain. That's where you're going with this. Here. <laughs> 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 yeah, but, but the opposite. Yeah, the, the opposite works too with the with the charismatics. To where you know, if you say like the wrong syllables, it's like don't speak that evil over us. You know, so it, it goes both ways.
0: Hey, yeah. okay, fair enough. This has been another episode of Bible Bashed. We hope you have been encouraged and blessed through our discussion. We thank you for all your support and ask you to continue to like and subscribe to Bible Bashed and share our podcast with your friends and on social media. Please reach out to us with your questions, pushback, and potential topics for us to discuss in future episodes at BibleBashedPodcast at gmail.com and consider supporting us through Patreon. If you would like to be Bible bashed personally, then please know that we also offer free biblical counseling, which you can take advantage of by emailing us. Now go boldly and obey the truth in the midst of a biblically illiterate world who will be perpetually offended by your every move.